This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. I am Josh Houts, and I am joined by the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How are you doing today, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you wake up, you walk outside. It's nice. It's warm. It ain't too hot. It's an ideal temperature. You can tell training camp should be right around the corner. We're starting to see some videos start to come out by the Miami Dolphins social media teams, whether it's Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, and Tua just doing sprints to get everyone uh, riled up, or just Jerome Baker giggling as he runs out onto the field for the first time. It's It's an exciting time. Um, and, and with it, you know, we had a complete rundown here, ready to go, ready to shoot out some thoughts. But uh, we got some opt-outs happening with the Dolphins. And, and just a day I be- day and roughly four hours, we're recording this noon on Wednesday. Players have until about 4 p.m. on Thursday, I believe, to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. And as of right now, there are two Miami Dolphins players who have decided to sit out the 2020 season, and that is Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson, two receivers who we expected to kind of be Maybe not massive players on this team, but but quality role players that we thought were going to be a big part of this uh, team in 2020. Yeah, and before we get too far into this, let's just remind you guys, if you're listening to this, please subscribe. Please rate this podcast. You know, without you guys going that extra step of the way and, and telling us how you feel and giving us that feedback, we can't be the best Dolphins podcast that we potentially can be. So please rate, subscribe, and, you know, you have any questions or concerns, hit us both up on Twitter. But yes, these opt-outs came, and I see you're excited to talk about it. And you know, it's it's pretty big news. And we've been stuck in the house and been waiting to just, you know, we've all been caged up like animals, just waiting for something to happen. Basketball, baseball is now taking off. Football has started. And you mentioned those little videos, even just seeing Fitzpatrick and Two and Rosen do these wind sprints. I mean, it gets you pumped up as a Dolphins fan because this is all we have right now. And the opt-out, we talked about this all offseason long. We mentioned the wide receiver corpse and how we viewed it heading into the season. Uh, we all believed, you know, if everybody was healthy and went out there and contributed, you know, it could be a, one of the stronger units on the team, at least offensively. And then this happened. You know, Alan Hearns, we'll get into that a little bit. I don't know how you felt about that signing from the very beginning, but we'll get into that a little bit. But Albert Wilson, it seems to be a bigger deal. And here was head coach Brian Flores' statement on the Albert Wilson news. I support Albert's decision. I know he made it with his family in mind. I want what's best for Albert, as I do all of our players. So it doesn't sound like there's any 
ill will there as there shouldn't be. You know, everyone respects these players' decisions. Everyone is in a different situation. So I have the utmost respect for Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson as a father, as someone who has two children. I probably would also opt out of the 2020 season, if we're being completely honest. But now that we're done spitballing, let's take a step back and let's assess this situation. How do you feel about Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, and the Dolphins receiving core as a whole? Yeah, and I th- I think that's important to say, and, and I mean, I feel like it shouldn't have to be said, but, you know, it's a pandemic, you know, everyone wants to do what's best for them and their family at the end of the day, and that that's kind of it. I mean, I, I'm right there with these players. I mean, if I was in their position, I already had a couple mil in the bank. Um, I'd think long and hard about it. I don't care what percentage of people have uh, negative side effects from this. I mean, I, I don't want to risk those odds if, if I don't have to. So so I, I respect both of these decisions. I think everybody has to. And if you don't, I think you need to go take a long look at the mirror. And if it comes off as a way of us not feeling that way, uh, please don't take it that way because we're going to try to dive in here about how this mostly affects the Miami Dolphins receiving core. But, you know, you, you kind of touched on it. We've spoken about this wide receiver unit quite a bit this offseason. I've said time and time again on this podcast how intrigued I am by this group because it seems like, you know, this could be a very great group. Or on the other hand, maybe there's only two of them left next season. You know, there's there's really no middle ground there of, of what the potential could be. So over the last couple of days, especially after the Hearns opt out yesterday, I was starting to think about just, you know, target shares. I think when we think about what Preston Williams is doing over the first eight games, I mean, you uh, say it quite a bit. He was on pace to break Jerry Rice's uh, record for the most targets in a season uh, as a rookie. I, I think that's a stat. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, you know, you're, you're trying to see how, you know, Devontae Parker really broke out because, you know, he started to get more targets. We saw Mike Jacecki break out because he started to get more targets. Both of those players really, really found their rhythm. Um after Preston Williams wasn't seeing, you know, 10 targets a game after suffering the ACL injury. Um, just to touch on that quick, uh, and, and we could talk about this a little bit too as we're talking about the wide receiver core in a whole. Uh, Preston Williams has been cleared to practice, cleared to return. However, it was an ACL injury. And now, Albert Wilson, it might his ACL injury might, might have impacted him differently, just the way he plays, the way he uh, moves. But... These players, when they come back, they aren't 100% right away, right? We didn't see Wilson really hit his stride until late in the season. So I'm, it's it's we're, it's kind of a little bit ironic in a sense that all of a sudden, as the Dolphins lose two of their uh, solidified veterans, let's say, we're leaning on uh, Devontae Parker. Hey, I mean, you like like let me let me phrase it this way: Would, would you believe going into the 2019 season? that I told you that our receiving core, their success leans on uh, completely healthy Devontae Parker. I mean, I wouldn't be too confident hearing that before what we saw last season. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I'd be terrified if, you know, you told me that at the beginning of the 2019 season. Thankfully, he did have that great run. You know, he, he had the best season in his NFL career, for being completely honest. But you looked at the Dolphins receiving core of all offseason. Again, we talked about it time and time again. And you know, those Albert Wilsons and the Alan Hearns, those players are guys that, you know, some some one on the roster. Others, you know, they can say, you know, maybe they cut Albert Wilson and save some of that money, or they could do the same with Alan Hearns. You know, these are some of those guys that were kind of middling in there, have shown some, some you know, that they go out there and produce in the NFL. But at the same time, they just haven't been consistent, whether it be injury, you know. But at the end of the day, now these two guys are da- down, and now you're relying on guys like Gary Jennings, who, I mean, I wrote an article about him. I said not to sleep on him. We know that he's out there working out with Josh Rosen. Kirk Merritt is also working out with uh, Tua Tungvalu. We've heard that this offseason. 
you got those two guys and you got, you know, Isaiah Ford, I'm a big fan of. And I think this is kind of going to be the guy that might be ready to step up. But you're right. I mean, you look at this receiving core and to think that Devontae Parker is now you kind of already knew he was that number one wide receiver, that truly elite guy that when you see him in one on one coverage, you're going to give him an opportunity because he's going to go up there and make those plays. For me, it's crazy that, you know, we still have 24 hours before these players can opt out. And we just saw within a matter of, what, two days that the Dolphins receiving corpus is like this huge unknown. And we knew it was already going to be an unknown, at least beyond 2020. But we all had to feel pretty good about what this unit looked like, at least on paper heading into the 2020 season, knowing that you had all these young guys. You had these vets who have already produced. Then you had those guys like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And I think we have to talk about what veterans the Dolphins could look at now going forward. And is there any guys that you could see them maybe bringing in? I know you might not have had a chance to look at the free agent list, but people keep throwing out Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon's out there. And Chris Hogan was reported by uh, Alfredo Artiega of three yards per carry. So there is some you know history there between Chris Hogan, 7-11, and this coaching staff, Chan Gailey, et cetera. But uh, you know, we'll see, but the Dolphins are going to have to do something before the season starts because this once great-looking unit, at least on paper, you know, took a hit with this Hearns and, and Wilson news. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's a little scary because um, I think with players like Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, there was, there's a solidified floor, um, I think, that we could really expect from these guys. I think it would be five to 600 yards. Um, you know, let, let's be a little safer, I guess. We'll say four to 500 yards and maybe two touchdowns, right? And that doesn't seem like a, a huge total, but when you think about a quarterback throwing, you know, let's say 4,000 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns in a season, all of a sudden that's that's 25% of your uh, yards gone and, and roughly 10% of your touchdowns. Uh, if this receiving core, led by Devontae Parker, uh, and, and Devontae Parker regresses to the 2018 or any time before, all of a sudden, this is the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. And I don't even think it'd be too much of a debate. I think, you know, okay, we could maybe argue Green Bay is up there. But but all of a sudden, you're leaning on uh, Preston Williams to come back from an ACL tear. And, man, I think this is the time. I mean, I kind of uh, maybe a little too much pushed that uh, maybe Isaiah Ford maybe is a little concerning in terms of we haven't seen that breakout breakout and really take advantage of what's going on. I mean, if Isaiah Ford doesn't step up at this point with the opportunity he's going to have, man, I think, I think this year all of a sudden we could have maybe played another year of what if with Isaiah Ford and Jakeem Grant, if you know, everyone was healthy, everyone was here, but all of a sudden these guys, this is the time, man, they, these guys have no more excuses. This is this is it. They have their opportunity. You look at a Chan Gailey offense that loves to throw the ball, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's Tua, they're going to have the opportunity to step in, whether it's Fitzpatrick throwing bombs, throwing darts, or Tua with the quick passes and, and finding those rhythm throws. I mean, this is this is the only, this is probably their last opportunity to really show we can be consistent wide receivers at the NFL level. Yeah, and I think you're right, and I think it's going to be a very telling season given all the circumstances and just, you know, how important this is to some of these younger guys. Isaiah Ford, I think he gets a little bit more of, you know, of a leash, so to speak, because this is a guy who, yes, he's been up and down the, the active roster, back on the practice squad, you know, up and down, up and down. But then towards the end of the season, I mean, that those last few games just kind of stuck in my head, especially that Jets game where he almost took things over. So. For me, I think Isaiah Ford does have the talent, and if I were to have to pick between Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Ford and which one of those guys I think is going to step up and be that player and fill the role of an Albert Wilson, 
who you know he is kind of a similar player to Jakeem Grant. So why can't Jakeem just step up in in that sense? And then you look at Alan Hearns, and he was kind of this possession guy. Yes, he was the veteran. He was a guy that was a true number one in Jacksonville a couple years ago. You know, had a great, uh, I think, a breakout season with with Blake Bortles, if I'm not mistaken. But you got Isaiah Ford, and he's just a guy who he, he's a good route runner. And like you said, he has to go out there, and he just needs to prove that he can be the player that the Dolphins at least you know, have to trust that he is now at this point. I'm a big Isaiah Ford fan, liked what he did uh, at Virginia Tech, and I'm excited to see what he does. But now you're right. He, it is his time to step up, and, you know, there's no more excuses for these guys. And, too, there were some uh, guys who maybe didn't have as much opportunity last year, maybe none at all. Um, I think this screams uh, uh, some sort of hope for someone like a uh, Gary Jennings or Matt Collins, two guys who have floated around a little bit. Gary Jennings, I mean, really fits that mold of both what Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns were going to try to do. I think when we spoke about the wide receivers, he's someone I think I, uh, you know, I was a little concerned about because he does play that slot possession type uh, role. And all of a sudden Jennings will have that opportunity because that is the what's interesting about uh, both Wilson and Hearns opting out is while their frames are a little different, they both play the same position on the field in terms of that slot guy, that possession guy. So it's going. He's going to have the opportunity, and you know, Kirk Merritt. I mean, that that's the one guy. I think he's been mentioned a couple times. I mean, he's just going to walk up more and more up that depth chart and really, really get that chance. We're going to see these undrafted guys play. And you mentioned some unrestricted free agents, and, and since you know it's been a couple of minutes since you mentioned that, I had the opportunity to kind of bring up a list here. Some names we could bring back: Danny Amendola, Demarius Thomas, Chris Hogan, Chester Rogers, Josh Gordon, Tavon Austin. Jermaine Curse, Ryan Grant, Jordan Matthews, uh, Matt Slater is on that list, and Dwayne Harris are just some of the names. Uh, the one that stands out to me, um, actually a couple, you know, you mentioned the two slot guys. Does Tavon Austin make sense out of Chief Deer? Chester Rogers is that same type of guy. Uh, so, so is Chris Hogan, but you have to kind of pick and choose with those. However, they did just, you know, uh, I think a little while ago, they cut Ricardo Lewis. So you have to uh, release him. Taylor Gabriel was recently released uh same with paul richardson in washington you have to wonder who they uh who they really decide to take a chance here with eddie would you say you're pretty confident that they're going to try to bring someone in or just kind of try to roll what's happening uh, with the current roster for me for me i think what they're going to do is they're going to sit here and they're going to wait and see how other teams you know play their cards and they're on every roster you know there are these wide receivers that Maybe they're just not going to make the roster we talked about on previous shows due to everything going on right now with the pandemic. You know, what if this guy doesn't make the roster this year who could have went out there in preseason and showcased that he had the abilities to make the 53-man roster? So the Dolphins could wait and see what players become available, whether it be they go after the waiver wires, which we know they love to do. They could go out there and try to make a trade before a player does get released. So there's tons of options. I don't think the Dolphins are going to panic. I mean, we sit here and you can look down their their receiving core and there's all these young guys, you know, like a Mac Hollins. You mentioned they released Ricardo Lewis and he's a guy that, you know, maybe they decide to bring back. There's plenty of options out there. I mean, I, I mentioned that the season could lean on someone like Devontae Parker, um, something we wouldn't see, but take this a further, Devontae Parker and Mike Gisecki. You know, I think this is really going to have to be the Changeli offense we saw a few years ago where it was. Eric Decker and, and Brandon Marshall, and I see Jacecki and Parker as those two. Could Preston Williams obviously fit into that role and, and maybe even outseat one of the two? 100%. 100% uh, that is possible, but those are the two guys I really try to lean on. Something else about a Chan Gailey offense is passing to the, the running backs, something uh -huh. he loves, loves to do. Um, I think it was, you know, he had 
Fred Jackson, who always had roughly 50 receptions, and then Matt Forte in uh, New York, who always had roughly 50 receptions. We got Matt Breida and Patrick Laird. I think these are two guys who can help eat up those slot targets. I think that'll be interesting to watch, too. So I think that's something we got to keep in mind as we see people like, uh, you know, whether it, the, the Hearns, is, Hearns and the Wilsons of the world opt out. I, I think maybe that might kind of give us a nod towards the running backs who, who could all of a sudden be seen in more of that slot role. Who knows? Maybe we could see Laird and Breida on the field at the same time, try to get some speed packages going. It's going to be interesting to see how Chan Gailey really prepares for a group that uh, it's his first season. So I don't really know or think that he would really have these positions solidified for these players like an Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson's who, you know, if you scroll through Twitter, you'll hear people say that neither of them were a lock for the uh, 53-man roster. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I mean, it's what Flores says is the next man up. And there are these guys that, that, they don't really necessarily have to bring in un- or, uh, free agents because there are opportunities here for this roster. But again, the concern is consistency. The concern is taking advantage of those opportunities. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, and you make a great point about the running backs because uh, today Jordan Howard and Matt Breida spoke to the media. I think that those transcripts scripts will be up on the Miami Dolphins official website later this afternoon. But Breida mentioned how, you know, they're at, they ask a lot out of the – the, the running backs as far as the passing game, and he does expect to have a, a larger role in Changeli's offense. We know Jordan Howard can also, you know, make plays out of the backfield. So really any of these guys can go out there and become targets in the passing game, and that becomes, you know, that opens things up immensely. Because like you said, they go out there with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida both on the field, you know, Gaskin, Sticks, whatever it might be. I think there's a lot of interchangeable pieces here throughout the entire Miami Dolphins roster, and I think that's why, like you said, maybe they don't go out there right away and address a veteran because they do have all these guys, and it is this next man up mentality, and you know that, that's all you can do, especially in a, a season like we're we're expecting this year. Absolutely, absolutely, and I assume uh, Albert Wilson, he was he just renegotiated his deal. Um, I, I I'm interested. I, I don't want to question or anything, but but after renegotiating his cr- contract. I want to say what a month, two months ago, uh, to opt out of the season. I, I just I wonder what what those conversations were like. But hey, wish those two the best. Um, Josh, you know I was looking at the calendar, um, and buddy, we're we're five weeks away from opening day. Does that even sound like realistic at this point? 
Not at all, and I don't know if people could even tell from this podcast, but I think the two of us are just freaking ecstatic to be able to talk about things that, you know, isn't a fabricated Instagram battle between Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker or, you know, Stephon Gilmore. We're glad to finally have football back, and, you know, to think that it's five weeks away, to think that we haven't even got to see two in a uniform yet, I mean, that's crazy. So I, I hope everyone continues to social distance, wear their mask, and hopefully in five weeks, you know, we're talking about Dolphins football because... Uh, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what we all want. I want to ask you this question, and it goes back to the receivers, but do you think this is the last of Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson on the Miami Dolphins? That is that is an incredibly tough question. Um, because I, I see a lot of people, and I, I had to look it up myself to you know the details, but it, it's my understanding that if a player opts out, they just lose their money in 2020, and then they just, you know, pick up that contract next season. So... By that, you would think Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns would technically still be under contract. And just to throw this out there, everyone continues to say Alan Hearns wasn't going to make the roster anyway. Well, that to me, uh, that, that raises questions and concerns to me because why did the Dolphins pay him if they didn't expect him to stick around? I mean, that is that is a great question, and it's a great point. You don't you know sign someone to a new contract just to cut them, right? You obviously have a plan in place and believe they will be a part of it. I mean— Instead of asking me this question, I think we really need to be asking Kirk Merritt and Isaiah Ford this question because I think it is truly up to them if they come in and don't miss a beat and play like the players that, you know, you think Isaiah Ford is or how Twitter thinks Kirk Merritt could be. I think it could be the last we've seen of them. I think they both can be moved on from their contracts. I think Hearns was a lock. I don't. People who, you know, say X, Y, and Z, there's no way you give someone a brand new two-year deal just to cut them. I get that, you know, you can get out of any contract, but at least for the one season after he signed that contract, whether it was 2020 or now it would be 2021, I thought Hearns was pretty much a lock, if healthy, to be a part of the team. I think he just adds a consistent uh, four, excuse me, to that wide receiver group. So I thought that was a little wonky. I thought that was a little weird. I But but truthfully, I think for both of them, it, it comes down to opportunity. Will there be opportunities for a slot receiver to rise up on the Miami Dolphins? Or are we going to be raving about the Isaiah Fords and Kurt Merritts for most of 2020 and, and really have them lock up those positions? I think that is basically what it's going to boil down to for these two to have their opportunity back here. You know, I'd love to see them. And I love Albert Wilson. I love the, you know, first down wave he does. Um, I love the passion. I love the energy. I love the versatility. Alan Hearns, like I said, I think there's just a level of consistency. You see that year in Jacksonville, you know, the potential of what he can do. I think he still has that in him. But I mean, if if the Dolphins have a group that's flowing with Tua, I think they're just going to keep flowing with what they have. I've been a big Albert Wilson supporter, fan of his, and I do need to clarify. I saw someone on Twitter say, you know, neither of these guys are game changers. I take a little bit of offense to that because what we saw out of Albert Wilson in 2018, uh, you know, before that injury, he was absolutely a game changer. You know, he single-handedly won that Chicago game. He did a bunch of other things. When he had the ball, when he was healthy, he was, you know, one of the most explosive players in football. So to say he's not a game changer, that's a little, you know, uh, ignorant to me. Yes, he's 28 years old. You know, yes, his NFL career, like you said, is in limbo and, you know, it's uncertain from this point on. But Albert Wilson, when he was healthy early on that 2018 season, he was a game changer. He was like the legit. When you think of a video game and those players are just unstoppable, that's what Albert Wilson did on the football field. We talked a lot about the receivers. We talked about the opt-outs. Uh, you know, there's a lot of news going on. The COVID-19 list, and this was something that I wanted to talk about a little bit. We know players are coming up and down from it. Jerome Baker was activated yesterday. Like you mentioned, he was running out of the tunnel. 
uh, you know, like a madman, and it just got everyone over the moon excited. Malcolm Perry and Eric Flowers are now on the COVID-19 slash reserve list. This does not mean that they have COVID-19, but it does mean that they came in close contact with someone who has or could have had a negative test. Meanwhile, we mentioned him earlier, Jerome Baker is off the list, and we see him giggling like a schoolgirl, excuse me, jumping out onto the field like most of us would be doing. Um, so, I mean, it's it's kind of a rocky road in terms of that list, but it's just kind of hopefully once they're all in the bubble together, once they're all kind of smoothed into a routine of everyone being clear, hopefully that'll be the last we hear of the COVID-19 list, um, hopefully for the whole season. I know that's kind of asking too much, but that that's kind of the goal. Um, Josh, preseason's here. Usually the Hall of Fame game, I think, would be tomorrow night, the August 6th. So, I mean, we're getting really close to the football season. You know, not to brag, my birthday, as I just found out too, your daughter's birthday is August 15th. So I'm used to kind of waking up on my birthday. I mean, obviously, we can watch the games now. You pay, what, 20 bucks, and you get to watch all the preseason games. I'm A yearly tradition for me was waking up on my birthday and watching the Dolphins-Falcons or Dolphins-Bucks highlights uh, that they usually played on the 14th. It's just kind of how everything kind of rolled out. Uh, it is kind of upsetting. I don't get to see those uh, traditions of those uh, dolphin uniforms playing in horribly rainy, rainy southern Florida weather in middle of August. But I mean, we're, we're kind of dealing with what we are. Um, I did see that the Browns are allowed or are streaming all their practices, which I think is a wonderful idea. Um, how much would you pay to watch a live have live streams of every single Miami Dolphins practice? Every practice. Is that what you're saying? Every practice. Yes. Oh man, I I I mean, I'm not. I'd probably pay like a hundred bucks. <laughs> hundred bucks, you would? Yeah, because I was yeah, thinking I might pay I, more I was... than that, but I'd pay I'd pay a hundred bucks to be able to watch. You know, how many practices do they have this off season? Or you know, I, it's gonna it, what twenty some thirty? I mean. Yeah, twenty something. So you're probably paying like five bucks to practice. I mean, and, oh, and yeah. hundred doesn't sound outrageous when you have people going to sit in the melting hot bleachers, <laughs> and they're on like three fields far away, trying to you know have their binoculars out, figuring out who's catching balls from who. So I, I think hundred is. I, I don't know if I do it or just wait for the Twitter on that <laughs> We'd one. We'd split it. But, We'd split it. And, yeah, <laughs> we because I mean that's just so such a great thing for content and you know I do love this time of the year I love just refreshing my feed and having you know the beat writers arguing about who's catching balls from who who missed saw what was happening because I mean it's just a big dose of returning to action that's exciting I think I would pay probably a hunch I mean when you think about paying sixty bucks for a video game I mean that doesn't seem too outrageous especially with nothing going on uh, I wish they were doing it but I think we're gonna have to settle for the the Miami Dolphins social media videos and, and when I say settle I mean uh, it's most certainly not a bad thing because they do an outstanding job when we had Topher on last week he was talking about those those drone videos uh, of Mike Dusecki catching fades in the back of the end zone so I mean we're gonna get some stuff either way but I, I mean I think that would have been so cool to be able to have set up you know maybe four or five six cameras I know there, there's a bunch of cameramen who do a wonderful wonderful work for the Miami Dolphins and and that's the truth for I, probably most teams in the NFL being a you know a multi-billion dollar industry. So I mean, it would have been fantastic. I think it would have been a lot of fun. I think it'd be a, a great way for all of us to kind of come together, you know, four times, five times a week in the middle of the day and, and get some action out of it. But I mean, I guess it is what it is at this point. I mean, pandemic life. Yeah, and I guess kind of just at least for me, kind of define why most of us are even on Twitter. You know, we we went on Twitter to follow the 
the the Beasleys and you know the Armandos and the Skolnicks and the Hydes and the Jacksons. You know, we went on there so we could read their tweets about what's going on during training camp. I mean, that's why I jumped on there from you know from day one back back you know many years ago. But for me, I'd absolutely pay for it. I absolutely got to respect what the Miami Dolphins have done. I mean, I used to joke, you know, hire me, I, I can go on there and do a better job on your social media. Absolutely not. These guys are doing a fantastic job. The videos they're pumping out, the content they're pumping out has been, you know as good as anyone in the NFL's. So hat tip to them. We Yes, we'll have to settle for that. But you do hope they at least realize, you know, fans want to see this. And, you know, like you said, fans would drive down there, be sitting in the melting sun and be like your head was pressed against the George Foreman grill, just melting there like fondue. And now with everything going on, why can't they just, you know, throw a live stream out there and let those fans that would normally be out there in attendance just get to see what's going on. Let those of us that live up here in the Northeast get to see what's going on because, this is what we have to get us through these these times right now, and football's back. I'm excited, and you know, let's let's just hope things continue to progress the way they are because it's here, and hopefully, you know, we'll be we'll be able to see the the Tua Vailoa wearing his uniform and and get to see a slow motion, you know, five yard quick slant pass to Kirk Merritt or whatever it is that gets us all <laughs> excited and thinking, you know, that's the next great Miami Dolphins you know, tandem there. So. Lots of offseason left, lots of uncertainty, but at least we have the Miami Dolphins to help take our minds off of things. Now let's just hope again we get that Tua Tungvalu in his uniform because, God, gosh darn, we've been waiting a long time for that. And, two, right before we wrap out, um, the Dolphins did uh, announce a cut that I think uh, was probably a player that, that kind of the pendulum swung to both sides in terms of the ceiling. And the floor, and that's uh, Cordrea Tankersley. Uh, he was let go by the team, struggled with injuries. He made a couple plays uh, a few years ago in the preseason, I believe it was, former third-round pick. And basically to this, all I can say is I don't know how much room there was for him in that cornerback room, especially when you look at Howard, Jones, Igbenogany, um, even Nick Needham, those guys who have really established themselves for a, a longer period of time. But, but the bigger thing is, I mean, it, it's kind of not to be a wet blanket here, but to be a wet blanket. I mean, that's a third-round pick, man. Because, you like, I'm excited to see people develop, like, like who have Brandon Jones. I'm excited to see Raekwon Davis develop. I'm excited these guys can look like big pieces of the team for years to come. But, I mean, just as likely of them becoming great players, I mean, there is that, that negative side where an average NFL career is three years, man. I mean, and it's just kind of concerning when when you kind of see the these third round picks leave the door or, or walk out the door and, and the dolphins have have continued to struggle for years i mean those are the picks the dolphins if they want to be a contender for the next five years if they want to go about how these draft picks they have i mean they got to hit on them they got to get some pro bowlers they got to get some hall of famers here because i mean we, i tried to make the case for a shot jones and i'm in terms of the Dolphins ring of honor and, you know, people kind of chuckled at that, but I mean, that's as close as we've gotten, you know, I mean, Cameron Wake undrafted. Sure. We could talk about him, but I mean, like we need some of these guys to really bloom into stud players. We can't have any more tanker sleeves or anyone like that walk out of the door because I mean, all, if that's the case, all these five and the five and 11 seasons and, and, and the not in the hunt seasons, I guess will all be for nothing. Yeah. And it's kind of weird and seems almost like the dolphins are better at drafting, or at least Chris Greer in those fifth rounds, you know, you got a lot of good players, a lot of talented starters in the fifth round opposed to, you know, in the third round when you would hope or, you know, scouts or Twitter experts would lend, would want you to believe that, you know, it's easier to hit on a third round pick than it is a fifth, but it hasn't seemed to be the way for the Dolphins. You know, a lot of people were excited about what Tankersley did 
as a rookie. He played in 17 career games with the Dolphins, started in 11. He had 35 total tackles and seven pass breakups. So, I mean, it is what it is. Some people may have forgot Cordray Tankersley was even on the Dolphins, if we're being completely honest. They also waived long snapper Rex Sun. I'm just going to call him Rex Sayonara because he's, he's out the door now. So the Dolphins... Nice. The Dolphins brought in Blake Ferguson. You can't use a sixth-round draft pick on a long snapper and expect to, you know, bring in an undrafted guy and, and have him take that roster spot. So Blake Fer- Ferguson's back off of uh, the reserve list. You know, that's his spot. And you, you got to hope for some of these guys, a Sanahara or a Cortrea Tanker, so that they do land or get another opportunity with another team. We also don't know how this offseason or how the 2020 season is going to affect the practice squad, I still don't know the full details on that, so I don't know if any of these players could, you know, for if some of these players are cut, if they could end up falling onto the, the Dolphins practice squad, not necessarily a long snapper or Cordrea Tankersley, a veteran, but, you know, some of these younger guys. So uh, Dolphins are making roster moves. It's not going to be, you know, this may be some of the first wave of them, but it certainly won't be the last. That is absolutely the truth. Josh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we waited a day so we could touch on the Albert Wilson uh, news like I mentioned at the top, we hope Wilson and Hearns the best. I hope we see him on the football field in 2021. I hope we can be on a football field in 2021. Who knows? Thank you, everyone, so much for jumping in and diving into Finsider Radio with us. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave five stars. It helps us all so much. Hit us up on Twitter with your questions, your comments, whatever it may be. We love chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Josh can be found on Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z. I am jmendel 31 And most importantly, football's around the corner. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami.